Hello again. Welcome to our next conversation piece. It is July 17th, 2020, as we're recording this. I've never thought to think about the date before as being important, but I suppose you could be listening to this in 2025 or something and might want to know, when is this happening? As always, I'm Scott. And I'm Brad. And this is not about us. Right, so again, we've just got a conversation piece. I've said it before, I'll say it again. We don't plan these in advance. I don't even plan the introduction. I have no idea what I'm going to say when I come into these things. I want it to be fresh. I want it to be whatever pops out in my heart. And right now, Brad, could you let whatever is popping out in your heart to lead us in prayer and just let Yahweh know how we're feeling today? Absolutely. Yahweh our mighty and awesome God. Today, you know my heart is full of just thanks, thankfulness for you and for everything that you have done, every sacrifice, everything from the beginning, even before we were a thing, you were there planning our redemption and our reconciliation back to you and how awesome you are and the mercies and love that you give. Our listeners will know here in a moment what I'm talking about, but thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for the mercy of a short time here, but an everlasting eternity with you and glorified new bodies experiencing your love and the joy of eternity with you. God, I adore you. I cherish you. We love you. We give you honor. We give you worship. We give you whatever we can, even the small amount that we have. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be a little selfish and jump right in with something that's on my heart right now. Well, this always happens in a conversation piece. I want to give a shout out to somebody. So I'm just going to get it out of the way if that's cool with you. Go for it. I actually really love this. I'm glad it's become a thing. (laughs) Um, And today I want to give a special shout out. Now these are always personal. This is just, they've affected me. Um, So if you're listening, you're like, I don't care who those people are. Sorry about that. Uh, again, these are all personal. These are conversations just coming from our heart. But um, David Crowder, I know you're probably not listening. I know you're probably not a fan of ours and hanging on every word. But if you are, I want to say thank you. Uh, I appreciate you. For those who don't know, he is a Christian musician. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, he started because he was going to seminary and he realized that, like, everyone going to seminary wasn't showing up to services they didn't care you know and and like many of us uh services are lifeless and boring and and just so drained of any real passion and energy and it's all become just mindless sit in the seat listen to a sermon, throw some money in the bucket and get out of there and call it good. You did your duty, but that's all there is to it. And he made it a point to say, no, this should be passionate. This should be full of life. This should be exciting. This should be heartfelt. And and that's what comes across in his music, his heart and his passion and his desire. And I don't just love his musical style. I love the fact that in his music, I truly get that 
passion and that desire and and I feel it and I I join in with it and I do feel like he just invites the spirit in every time he plays and I guess I don't really have much more to say about that it's very simple but it's been very profound to me uh yeah David Crowder your songs just really give me that that love and that life and 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 I appreciate you for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you could almost say that way back. It's funny that I can say way back in the introduction podcast, because now we're right. up to like 30. <laughs> but uh, we mentioned that one of his songs is actually kind of a theme of ours. Yes. Um, and this podcast, um, Praise the Lord. It just that song really changed how I looked at my own relationship with God. And uh, so, yes, I'm forever internally grateful for, for him and his music. And I, I, I wish I could show it to the listeners, but I totally get what you're saying. When you listen to his music, y- you do. You, you feel like you're in that spirit. There's a love. There's a passion. Uh, it's pretty awesome. If, you're, if you don't know him, uh, go ahead and go listen to some of his music. I, I think it could be very important for your, our listeners too. So I just want to say thank you, David Crowder, one more time. Uh, this isn't definitely not the last time we'll ever bring him up again, but uh, for right now, Brad, uh, what's on your heart to throw out there? Well, okay, so today has been uh, a sad but wonderful day. And what I mean by that is, that my grandmother, uh, she passed away today. And yeah, sad, right? But at the same time, I'm also celebrating because my grandmother, I I don't ever want to come off as this is all about Brad and Scott and and our lives and things like that, but I I do feel it's important to to share this right now from the spirit. Uh, My grandmother was for about the last 20 years um, in some very serious pain. She was also just uncomfortable. Her body was failing her. Her mind was failing her uh, towards the end here. You know, so she just wasn't, being here just wasn't merciful, especially when you consider what happens to a true Christian believer who has Yahweh and has the Messiah in her heart. She's gone on. She's gone home. She's gone to a new body, a glorified body that will never fail her again. Her mind will never lose its sharpness. And right now she gets to dance in glory and grace with the Savior that loves her more than, than we even can. Mm-hmm. Loves her in ways that we don't even understand. Yeah, sad for us here because as linear beings, we now have to go on. We have to continue on without her and that's hard Um, I don't want people to think I'm I'm cold because I'm not it is affecting me emotionally Uh, just talking about right now uh, the tears are wanting to come back but that's because I'm a linear being here and I now realize there's a separation until I see her again which in a way is kind of also what it's like to be here separated from God. I know that getting there soon, it's going to be awesome and wonderful and glorious. 
So death, where is your sting? But at the same time, I still have a purpose here. I still have a reason for being here. So I will have to continue on and encounter whatever I have to encounter while I'm here. But I know there will be a glorified body. There will be an eternity with the one that loves me the most and the one that I love the most. And just how awesome is that? And I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for the God that we have because it is a mercy that it's only a short period here, but it's an eternity of love with him. And it's even the mercy that while we're here, our body can fail, our mind can fail. But when we're there, there won't be any of that. While we're here, we will cry. We will be sad. We'll be heartbroken. We will experience true, deep sadness. But while we're there, we will never cry again. We'll be surrounded in love and joy. So today has been a sad day, but it's been a great day. Amen. Amen. Definitely. Let's talk about that for a bit. Let's talk about the the joy of sadness the the knowledge that that with these tears it's not just it's not just there there's joy with the tears like like next to them but there's joy in the tears because you're crying because her life affected you so positively the tears come as a tribute to someone who loved you and you loved back. Yeah. The tears are an indication that something was really good. Yeah, I like that. Now, there is joy beside the tears, too. You said that, too. Uh, We know, and I'm always heartbroken to hear atheists talk about someone passing on because... It's just devastating to know that, no, that's it. That's the last time you're ever going to see them. And if you ever see them again, you're not going to want to be there. But but we as Christians, we have that knowledge that not only is this not it, as far as this life on earth goes, this is nothing. This, this isn't even worth talking about. This isn't even worth comparing to what's on the other side. And we put such a focus on it for understandable reasons. We're here. We're experiencing this life. It seems to be the only thing around us. But yeah, the joy of knowing that your grandmother is not just with God, which is what matters, but she's now with your mom. She's now with everyone that she loved that has passed before her. Yeah. She's with her grandmother. She's with people you never met that she loved, that uh, she was separated from and cried for at one point. People she never met that she might be meeting for the first time now. Right. Which that's a cool idea too. The Uh the thought that my whole family line going all the way back, uh, they're there potentially. And... I'll get to meet people and and hear their stories and mm-hmm. wow, how cool is that? I remember um, my wife 
told me one time that she has an older sister that she's never met because the there was a miscarriage and the child died and her father passed away about 20 years ago died from cancer and I remember one of the things they said when he died is he finally got a chance to meet his daughter for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's such a cool, wonderful thing. Even though we miss him, it's been 20 years, and, and she misses her dad, it's a cool thing for all of us to know that this isn't permanent. This is, and and like I said, if we live for another 80 years... Compare that to eternity, and it, it and it's pointless. It's just it's why are we even discuss, discussing it? Why are we even comparing a grain of sand to the rest of the cosmos? Right. So you made a couple comments there. Um, one about the atheists who you feel bad because their belief is that once they're done, they're done, uh, and so. The only chance that they have to make a name for themselves is while they're here, which is kind of sad to think about because eventually we're all going to be forgotten mm-hmm. while on this earth. But they have no hope in their death whatsoever. Yeah. And I've mentioned in a previous podcast, I won't rehash it, but I have a hope in my death. And I, it's because I know what comes. I know the promises of God. Yes. And... I can be hopeful in my death because of that. Um, another thing, Spirit's kind of making me talk about this now. When I, when my, Speak on. <laughs> when my baby was brand new, brand new little baby, I was having a really hard time those first couple weeks. I wasn't sleeping at all. Um, I had a baby monitor on uh, the counter next to me, and I would just watch it all night long. And that little bundle... To me, it was just, I couldn't see that she was breathing. If I did fall asleep, I'd have a nightmare that something happened to her in the middle of the night. And it was was really starting to affect me. I just didn't want anything bad to happen to this this little baby. But then I had this realization, and I think it's from God, and, and it was basically said, Brad, what's the worst thing that could happen? Because if she were to die, it would actually be the best thing that could happen. Yeah. Because the Messiah would hold my baby. My family would hold my baby until I got there. It's so mm-hmm. it's so hard for us linear beings to understand that to them, outside of all of this time and everything, blink of the eye and we're with them. Here, we have to actually experience time moving forward and so yes it can be heartbreaking that now i'm separated from them it would have been heartbreaking if i had had to be separated from my baby but for them it's not heartbreaking i would never wish them back here Mm -hmm. knowing what they're experiencing there yeah that being said i now have to go on Mm -hmm. uh without that person um, in my life affecting me and and you're you're not wrong the uh, the tears are tears they are their uh, recognition that this person was special to me yeah she passed on much wisdom 
and she used to get a kick out of this. I called her my reliable source because when others in the family might try to hide some detail from me or, you know, because I was too young or whatever it might be, whatever their reasoning was, I would always go to grandma and she would just give me the facts. (laughs) So I called her my reliable source and she loved that. So I hope that's an encouragement to all of you who've lost someone or maybe you're just about to because of the situation in your life where it's it's inevitable, it's about to happen, whatever. And I hope I hope you understand that if the tears... Well, first of all, I do hope that the people in your life do know Jesus as well as you because then there's the joy in, in that understanding that separation is temporary and that perfection is eternal. But there's also that, that knowledge that tears, let them happen, let them come. But when they come, have that conscious thought when they're coming that this means that the person succeeded in doing good in your life and loving you. Because, I mean, think about it. How many people have died in all of our lives we have not cried for and we couldn't care less? Now, sometimes that's our fault because at that point in our life, we were heartless jerks. But we all know of people who, oh, we hear on the news, we hear in the media, oh, such and such died. Oh, that's too bad. And that's about it. Why? Because we don't know them. We don't, oh, you know, I I feel bad for somebody who knew them. I feel bad because I recognize bad stuff is going on in in their family's life and, and, and such. But I didn't know them. I'm not shedding a tear. It didn't affect me at all. When you cry, again, let the tears come. And take heart in the fact that the tears are coming because some something wonderful happened. I hope that helps. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have anyone that in your family or your friends or anyone that you don't believe knows Jesus, any of those people that you might be praying for, maybe it's uh, maybe it's time to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Because if we are celebrating the fact that people we love are with Jesus and they are experiencing that love like we can never even understand here. How much how much more heartbreaking is it going to be if there's someone we truly do love and we want them to experience that, but there's a chance they may not. That's always on the on the top of my head you know it's always one of the thoughts that comes in I uh, I always say I have kind of this sense of urgency because we never know you can still you can be young and vibrant and get hit by a bus (laughs) I mean you know death's coming for us all I just uh, just the other day I was woken in the night by a sharp pain right around my heart area and it was just heartburn, gas type of situation. But when you have that pulling you up and stinging, one of my first thoughts was, really? I'm, I'm not that old. Am I, am I having, what's going on? Is, could this be it? What's happening? Is this going to grow? Some, you know, is this a heart attack? Is this something going on? And yeah, it makes you think. 
made me realize at that moment, you know, it could be right now that all of this happens and I'm I'm not doing the podcast anymore and I'm not working anymore. I'm not with my family here on earth. Selfishly, rock on. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah, go ahead. God, heart attack right now. I'll take it. I'm good with that. For the rest of everyone else around me, I don't want that to happen because I know it's going to hurt them. I always think, too, that, yes, there is a selfish part of me that says, okay, I can die tomorrow, sure. But I always worry, too, though, that if I'm here, then I'm here for a reason. I'm here yeah. for a purpose. I want to make sure that I'm actually accomplishing that before because mm-hmm. I will be reviewing my life with God, and I don't want to have that point where we go, you didn't fulfill what I really needed you to do here. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's going to, it's going to happen there. I yep. can't, I, I haven't been able to go through my whole life. There's only one person that was ever able to go through their whole life and, and they spoke only the words of God and they only did what was right and perfect. And that's Jesus. There's no way in the rest, any of us can, uh, can do that. So there are going to be failures in my life, but as I as I've said before, just in other other things, but I believe it even just in the sense of my life. I just hope I've done more good than harm. Yeah, that was one of my first thoughts. Is like, if I die right now, what what would I be regretting? What would I be going? What would I be standing in front of God, going, oh? God, I I goofed so much. That last week I was alive, that last month I was alive. And I took that to heart. And and I've had a few instances in my life where something happened that made me go, oh, I'm facing my own mortality here, that have kind of nudged me a little further each time. And this was one that just made me stop and think, um, maybe in a lot of ways I should be a lot more disciplined and a lot more serious. And I appreciate that. I do. But something else along these lines that we've mentioned before and I kind of want to rehash is just this whole COVID situation. Uh, unless you weren't, you had somewhere else to go with where we were, Brad. No, no. Okay. We can we can talk about COVID. This is important too. And, and it's because of this. It's like if I had died of a heart attack in the middle of the night, um, Brad was talking about his grandmother who just died. was not COVID-related at all. Uh, I was walking to the mall the other day, and I saw a car that had driven off the road onto the side, not hadn't reached the sidewalk, but it was on the grass, and it ran right into a light pole. And the light pole was bent over, and it was the front of the car was just crushed in in that spot, so he was traveling at a good rate of speed. Don't know what happened, but my first thought was almost jokingly, I bet they're going to blame that on COVID. And guys, I am not, we've said this before, we've talked about COVID before, I am not trying to downplay the actual deaths that have happened because of COVID. If you've been, if you've had someone taken, if you've had someone hurt by this, who's been killed, who's, who's, whose life has is, is gone away because of COVID. I'm not downplaying your suffering. I'm not downplaying what happened. But what I want to bring up is there seems to be an active desire to get people to fear this. And I want to point out, I did a little bit of research. And in 
2018, the 2018-2019 flu season, about 80,000 Americans alone, not worldwide, just Americans, died from influenza A and influenza B. Did we call it a pandemic? Did we shut everything down? Last flu season, before COVID hit, about 62,000 Americans, over 62,000 Americans, not worldwide, just Americans, died from influenza A and influenza B. Did we call it a pandemic? Did we shut everything down? Now, I've said before, I work at a clinic, Brad and I both do, COVID began to shut things down and Iowa started to lock up and everyone stay home and everything's shutting down, closing restaurants and all that kind of thing. One of the nurses at my clinic said, good, this is what they should have done every single flu season. And I went, wait, you're saying this is the reaction we should have every single year come the fall? You know, when when the flu starts to break out, when colds and flu season hit, and she said, yes, this is what we should be doing every single year. Now, guys, think about that statement. Should we shut everything down, shut the sporting down, shut schools down, shut restaurants down, shut theaters down, shut everything down except what's considered necessary Uh, to keep going every single cold and flu season from I was born in 1970. So let's say from 1970 on, should we have shut down for three or four months every single year? Do you realize how ridiculous that sounds? There are a lot of people out there who are saying, yes, that's exactly what we should do. And here's the problem. We have people who genuinely care and they want to help people who are having this reaction. And then we have people who are saying, guys, we can't freak out over every little thing. Life happens. Death is a part of life. Uh, We all take risks every day in whatever we do. We can't use that as an excuse to completely shut down or that would hurt us even worse. This COVID situation I don't know what to make of it because I recognize it's a real thing. I'm not saying it's not, but there seems to be an intent behind it to make us fear it more than anything else. Guys, I don't know if you've heard the reports, but they are inflating the numbers. How many people have died of COVID? I don't know. Nobody knows. And the reason is because the numbers can't be trusted. Because they are telling doctors, uh, this person died of a heart attack. Did he have a cough right before he died? Well, yeah, call it COVID. He died of COVID. This person died of terminal cancer. He was, he was told two years ago he had two years left to live. It's gone downhill. He just got to that point. Everything's falling apart. It finally caught up to him. He died. Did he have a fever before he died? Yes, call it COVID. There's an active desire out there to just name things COVID, and I can't figure out why, unless there's an active desire to get us to fear. And if there is, why? What's going on 
what's the motivation? And when I ask what's the motivation, I'm not asking what's the American government's motivation, what's the world's motivation. I'm asking what's the spiritual implication here? What is going on in the spiritual realm that is making this happen? I know Satan is behind deception and fear, generally speaking. But what design is this? What plan, What is the end goal of this in particular? That's what I'm asking. When I think about this whole situation, uh, I know that there's truth in the fact that there are forces at work, both for our benefit and both against our benefit. Uh, there's forces both in the spiritual realm and there's forces... Um, being affected by the spiritual realm and the actual physical realm. There are, I, I say this a lot um, when I ask people to search my motive about why do I share the gospel or whatever it might be. I think this is another example where we can just look into the motive. What would be the motive to try to scare us all? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. What? What's the design behind it? What's the desire? What are they trying to gain? Exactly. And, you know, there is some truth that the forces that want to harm us or the forces that are not looking out for our best interests can use situations like this uh, to their advantage. And that is happening. I can, I've seen some things that make me go, wow, that's not going to be good for us long term, but everyone's just on board with it because... There is that spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. That being said, of course, we know God can use even things meant to harm us for good. And one of the things that I have enjoyed reading uh, is the fact that because of COVID, because of the fear, there are a lot of people turning to the Bible. Yes. There are a lot of people turning to the churches or um, leaders and, and churches and 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 I, I think uh, Revelation right now is actually one of the um, one of the Google hot hot words hot searches. People are generally starting to be interested in what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that could be good. Yeah, from a bad thing. Very definitely. I hope. I hope. Everyone listening, and I hope everyone, you know it's not true because we're all imperfect, but I hope everyone is saying, no, I'm rooted in Jesus and I'm not worried at all. But there is a lot of fear out there. I just, I hope everyone understands there, there's a lot of fear. I wish I had it. There was a poem that I read when I was a kid that I've always remembered, but I, I lost it. I don't know what it is. But basically the poem was essentially, don't walk, you might fall. Don't jump, you might trip. Don't, and it just went on and on and on like this. And the very last line was, don't live, you might die. And it was just making the point that, yes, there's, there's a risk inherent in all of our lives and everything we do. But if you let that weigh your decision, you're not going to do anything. Now, oh, go ahead, Brad. I was just going to say, what, what you said there is, is very true. Dennis Prager had a video where he was talking about fear and stuff like this and there is always a risk to everything that we do this is not my original thought that's why i mentioned dennis prager but basically it comes down to this i take a risk to marry my wife i take the risk that it may not go well we might end up in divorce we might 
you know, there are risks that come with that. Mm -hmm. I make a risk when I decide to have a child. What if the child is ill? What if the child, you know, is not good? What if the, I mean, there's, there's risks with everything that we do. So are we supposed to just not do anything? Exactly. I mean, he told a story about uh, some friends of his that Dennis Prager does trips to Israel. And, you know, he was always trying to get them to come along. And they would always say, well, you know, that's a dangerous area of the world. Um, I don't really want to, I want to risk it. I'll wait till it's safer. <laughs> There's when, n- when's it going to be safer? It's never going to be safer. Yeah. If we had that same mentality for everything, well, I'll get married when I can guarantee that it's safe. Uh-huh. I'll have children when I can guarantee that it's safe. I mean, if this was the mentality for forever, then we would not be anywhere as a society, right. as a world. We would not get out our... I don't know. It's just... Now, uh, there are those of you saying right now, well, wait a second. There's a difference between reasonable and unreasonable risk. Totally understand that. Yes, I'm not going there. And COVID, I get that this is a unique situation. This is, I, for my opinion... Uh, I will say manufactured in a lab to to harm us, and 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 if that's the case, then why why did they do this? What were they thinking? It, there's got to be harmful intent behind it. And if there's harmful intent, yes, this thing is is designed to go after us, designed to kill us. But there's there's a difference. Going, getting in my car and driving to work and driving to the grocery store and driving around puts me at risk on the road. I now become uh, a possible uh, motor vehicle accident victim. That is a reasonable risk I'm willing to take. An unreasonable risk is driving at 90 in a 25, not wearing my seatbelt, um, hanging out the window while I'm driving. I there are stupid things. Uh, driving in the middle of uh, a, a tornado warning. Uh, driving in the middle of an ice storm. There are things that I say that is an unreasonable risk. I'm not going to go there. And then there is reasonable risk. No, I'm. I need to use my car to get from place to place. As long as I obey the law. I do it wisely. I'm going to accept that risk. Where does COVID fall? Unreasonable risk or reasonable risk? I'm, I get why people treat it as an unreasonable risk uh, for, for a variety of situations. And I'm, and I'm not saying it's not. I'm not trying to sit here and say that uh, COVID should be treated like a normal thing and we should just go about our lives and just ignore it. I'm not trying to say that. I am trying to say there seems to be a design behind it and an intent to get us to focus on how much we should be afraid. And that makes me wonder what's going on when the death rate is not anything incredibly outrageous for, for any other flu that's happened throughout history, any other flu season. And like I said, the numbers are are being exaggerated the way they are. Well, and the thing I don't understand is why this one? I mean, until it's all said and done, we won't be able to compile the numbers and know exactly how bad it was. But 
we've had this happen every, I don't know, four years or so, or eight years, or at least once a decade, we've had H1N1, we've had um, Mm -hmm. SARS, we've had, you know, we've had all of these things come in. We've never completely shut down before. And so that makes me think that there is something going on. And then, of course, there could just be the simple fact that it's just a distraction because there's other stuff going on in the world that right. we're not paying attention to because we're only focused on being afraid. Mm-hmm. And to me, that could be part of it right there too. Distract the Americans because if we were to get involved in something that's going on elsewhere in the world, we could have we could benefit it in a way that they don't want us to. Spiritually. And physically, you know, the spirit in the spiritual realm, there could be things happening. And I know they are. If you look at if you decide to look at a a media outlet that's not American based, you will see there are things going on. And if you're a if you're a studier of the Bible, there are things going on in Israel. There are things going on in that whole region. There are things going on in uh, in Africa and China and all these other places that seem kind of biblical. Mm-hmm. But we are being distracted from it. And there might be a reason that that could be something to that. Yeah. It's just a thought. So again, I'm not trying to say, oh, COVID is nothing. Just ignore it. No, guys, be smart. If the store says, wear a mask, wear a mask. Don't freak out and get mad at someone because you're being asked to, how dare you wear a mask in this location? And as Christians, we should understand that even if we don't think it's right, even if we say individually, death, where is thy sting? Who cares if I die tomorrow? Other people are not in the same place. Other people are are ignorant and deceived and we should have compassion. We should care about them. Paul himself said, you know, look, um, I have freedom in certain areas. I know other people don't. And if they see me doing this that I know is fine and okay, they're going to think what a horrible person I am. So for them, I act this way for the so I can save their souls. Guys, we should be saying, hey, even if this is, meaningless to me and I don't care it means something to you and because of you because I care about the war and not just this battle I should be considering your feelings I should be doing what's best for you right now Uh, don't fight the people who are asking you to wear masks or anything like that but but don't give in to the paranoia and the fear if you are, for one thing, you're revealing that you don't really understand Jesus as the tree of life, as the river of life, as life itself, and that this life on earth is but a vapor and your eternity is so much better. We shouldn't give in to the fear, but at the same time, we need to act with compassion and wisdom. We can't be freaking out on people because, because they're freaking out over the wrong things. I do find it interesting that it started out with a spirit of fear, but then it very quickly escalated to a spirit of violence and anger. Yeah. You know, it's just, I I don't know. I see connections 
of stuff happening there. I could be wrong, but it just feels like we are like it is just a big distraction. And I keep saying that because I this is just this is just me, but I feel like the spirit lately has been putting it in my heart uh, to warn people about being distracted. I don't I can't tell you why. It's just a feeling that I'm having. Um, but I've had to look at my own life and see where I'm distracted as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remove those barriers uh, out of my life. But uh, I feel like it's something I'm supposed to warn people about. Yeah. So that's why I'm sharing that. Just search motives. And if it feels like it's a distraction, look where you need to look. Yeah. And that brings up a point, too, uh, that the Bible talks about the error of sin and folly. And there's a difference. Sin is an intentional disobedience. Sin is, I know exactly what God wants, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to do what I want. Folly is essentially just something stupid. Uh, it's not an active sin. We're just, but it, but it's not active good either. So if I, um, I've played video games all my life, and I love video games. Playing Mario Brother or Pac-Man you know, going back in the day, uh, playing, you know, there are certain video games, and I've said this before, certain video games, just like there are certain movies, just like there are certain stories, just like there are certain songs that, yeah, you don't want to go near that. That's evil. That's promoting something that you don't want to be around. But just playing video games. If I said, oh, no, I'm just going to play Tetris. Okay, nothing wrong there. I'm going to play Tetris every day for eight hours a day for the rest of my life because I love this game so much. Wait a second. What's going on? You're wasting so much time. You could be doing good things with. You could be seeking God. You could be in prayer. You could be helping uh, your loved ones. You could could be feeding the hungry. You could be helping the sick. No, no, I'm just going to play Tetris. I love this game. I'm just going to do that all the time. That's a folly. It's not that it's evil, but it's just a waste of time. Does that mean you should never play? No, uh, but within reason. Paul said everything is allowed, but not everything is profitable. A folly is something we get into that uh, is not an act of sin, but when we look back on our time spent on it and we have to honestly go, that was time wasted. That's exactly what Brad's talking about. Distraction. Satan just wants to keep us, keep our eyes off of Jesus as much as possible. And he'll do that however he wants. Now, if we're willing to go along with the sin, hey, go along with this evil thing right here. Just join me directly. Yeah, he's going to do that if we're willing to go along with it. But if we're not willing to go that far, then he's going to provide us with distraction. Hey, do this over here. It might even seem like a good thing. Uh, the thing could seem to be spiritual in nature. and in, in fact, it might even be something that God has commanded us in his word to do, but it's not what God wants us individually to do at that moment. God has a plan for you, and your plan involves going over here and talking to that person person 
And Satan will say, well, in that case, I'm going to get you to just uh, go watch a Christian movie right now that you feel edifies your spirit. Uh, it's a good thing, right? It's a good, it's a Christian movie. It's got, got good, wholesome themes. Nothing wrong with that. But it is a distraction. God had a plan for you, and Satan wanted to get you off of that as much as possible. Keep your eyes off of Jesus and not following his plan for your life, not getting to know him more and more daily. Keep you away from that. When he can't get you to sin, he'll throw folly your way. It's one of his greatest tools in his arsenal. His one goal is just to not have you worship the one true God. So if he can't if he can't tempt you, if he can't beat you down, then he'll distract you. And that distraction could even be that he has you worshiping the wrong God. He doesn't care what God you worship, just so long as it's not Yahweh God. That's true. So these idols that I'm guilty of this, I'm terribly guilty of this, before I was seeking a relationship with God and letting God introduce himself to me and who he is, I was creating the version of God in my head that I wanted. I was creating the version of God in my head that said, oh, you sinned? That's okay. Mm-hmm. I had no actual genuine repentance. I just continued to do whatever I wanted to do. And I said to myself, I'm worshiping God. But I wasn't. Yeah. And Satan was probably thrilled with me. And how many of us are in that boat? How many of us say, I'm worshiping the one true God. I'm worshiping Jesus Christ. But we're not because what we're worshiping is a false idea of who he is. Something that Satan has replaced that's not Jesus, but it makes us feel good. And it makes us feel like we're in a good place. And Satan doesn't mind if we're there because we're not really with Jesus. I'd argue that's one of the biggest problems nowadays is people cling to the things that make them feel good. Yep. And <laughs> I, I this podcast will probably be up before I get your last Genesis podcast uh, edited and uploaded, but um, Genesis ninth podcast uh, we talked about what that word good means. <laughs> yeah. And and you gave me, a, a, you blew my mind away by explaining that really it doesn't come down to an emotional basis. It doesn't come down to feelings. It comes down to just meaning, you know, it functions. How did you phrase it? It functions correctly. Correctly. So I just find that interesting now, thinking about that and thinking about, well, what makes me feel good? And it's always it's always interesting that no matter whatever we do that doesn't make us feel good, we try to get rid of it, we complain about it, we we riot against it, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Yet it yet we never do seem to actually feel good. Yeah. Even when we get rid of all of those things, and it's because after that study, I now realize a very simple truth: we cannot function correctly without God. Yeah. God is the only one that can function correctly. I want to share something with you real quick about that. What Brad just said brought this to my mind. Is how many of us, 
how many people do we see and how many of us in our lives have lived with the prosperity message in, in Christianity today that's so prevalent? Now, here's the thing about it. I completely, 100% agree with the prosperity message. What I think where we failed is that it's one piece of God. And we focused on it to the, to the degree where we ignore every other piece and how it relates in conjunction to everything else. Because of what Brad just said, makes us feel good, makes us feel happy, makes us feel pleasure. I remember listening to someone give a praise God testimony about how they got their dream car and it was a gift from God. And God had given them this special thing that they'd wanted for 20 years. It was their, their perfect car. They'd wanted it. And they'd gone in. They, as you listen to the story, they sought this thing. They went to the dealer. They basically gave up an arm and a leg and, and gained a third mortgage and got everything down to where they could, the, the, the interest rate was able to come down to the point where they could just manage to scrape by and get this thing. And I'm thinking, God didn't give that to you. You gave that to yourself. And, and you put yourself in deeper debt, you, you know, because this is the thing you loved and were chasing. Uh, and all I saw was, that's not God, that's you, but you're calling it God because it's what you wanted. And we have so many things, stories like this in the prosperity gospel, that God wants you to have whatever you want, and it's distracting us, and that's the sad thing. It's the word of God, and it is correct, and it is good, and it is right. God wants us to prosper, but how does he want us to prosper? How does he want us to prosper? Where does he want us to be? And, and where is judgment in all of this? Oh, no, judgment's not for me. That's old. No, no, no. God is judgment and God is justice. And God is, I, I, I listened to one person tell me, try to tell me one time that we are not soldiers in God's army. We are not soldiers. We are citizens. And back in the day, the soldiers and the citizens were a separate class of people and so what that told us is that we are heirs of salvation. We are God's citizens. So we are not soldiers. We are not to fight. And it was like, you don't understand. And, and it came from that same spirit of, I just want to sit here and absorb and just let God give me everything. I don't want to work at all. I remember making a statement one time that I thought was not controversial in any way. I was just making a statement in a Bible study group that, there, uh, there, are, there are two reasons why God throws you to the wolves. And before I could go on, everyone was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. God never, never does that. That's a horrible, horrible thing. How dare you say something so sacrilegious? And I, I just kind of sat there in shock going, what, what are you talking about? I didn't think I was saying anything. I wasn't trying to be controversial in any way. Now, where I was going was, there's two reasons that you're going to get attacked by wolves. One is you have voluntarily stepped out of God's will. There's a hedge of protection around you, and you've said, forget you, God, I'm out of here. And you walk out of his protection, 
and the wolves are waiting to attack you. That's your fault. But the second is God puts you in a place where the wolves are. Why? Because of love. Because you are strong enough, you're obedient, you are armored, you are ready to go. He wants you to kill the wolves. He puts you in a situation knowing that the wolves will die. He wants you to bring his light into a situation that doesn't have it. And his light can only enter that situation if you will bring it into that situation. Someone is suffering, someone is hurting in the darkness, lost in the darkness, and he wants you to bring him to them. Kill those wolves. These people were, no way, that is not true at all. God never does anything bad in, any, in that way. Like, what are you talking about? The whole Bible is filled with that. And I brought up Joseph. And I said, Joseph had to go to prison. Or he had to become a slave and then go to prison before he could be lifted up and, and save, you know, not just his family, uh, the Israelites, uh, you know, uh, but he saved Egypt. He saved the world, essentially. And again, I got attacked. I got, no, 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 no. Joseph did not have to go to prison. Joseph did not have to be made a slave. He could have just gone straight to the penthouse had he had faith. He could have just gone straight to the top. He just could have gone straight to being in charge had he had the faith to do it. And it's things like this. They denied the word of God by saying this, but they thought it was faith. They thought they were in agreement with the word of God. Joseph himself in the word of God, his brothers are saying, we're so sorry, we're so sorry, we did this to you. And they think Joseph is gonna kill them, he's gonna get rid of them, he's gonna hurt them, and Joseph comes to them and says, no, 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 guys, it was God's will that this happened. And where's the growth and where is the appreciation if we can go just straight to the penthouse? I tell you what, I would I would take the more difficult road over the smooth road if I grow and I have a deeper appreciation uh, afterwards. It, this is like the people who think that uh, um, they're good and they do enough good works that uh, they're saved, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. But then you try to you try to explain to them that no no you're 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 fooling yourself you're you are not good you you have you are sinning and God is going to judge mm-hmm. He is the going to be a righteous judge there is going to be judgment you don't get to just go to the penthouse yeah and honestly I wouldn't want to it's like finding out that uh, doctor comes in and goes, here's this medication. Take this medication uh, because you have cancer and it's going to cure you. Oh, okay, doc, thanks. Take the medication and that's it. That's the end of it. Doctor comes in and says, you've got a terrible disease. You're going to die. And this is the way it's going to kill you, slowly or this or period. Now you've got the truth of what's going to happen to you. And it's terrible. 
But then the doctor says, hold on. I've got a cure for you. Here, take this medication. Now you're, oh, doctor, thank you, thank you. Because mm-hmm. you understand, and this is what a lot of people are not seeing. A lot of people are diseased. They're just not seeing it. And so that's why that's why it's important that we share the gospel. But we don't just share the God loves you part. Of course, that's true and wonderful and awesome. Yes. But we have to make them understand. Otherwise, they're, they won't appreciate what the sacrifice that was made for them. Mm-hmm. They won't repent. They'll just go on and continue to do the things they're going to do because they, they oh, God loves me. He's got my back. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, on the flip side of this, like I said, the prosperity message is, is wonderful, and it's true, and it is. It needs to be taken in conjunction with everything else. But on the flip side, my mother-in-law shared with me one time that she grew up thinking God didn't want anything to do with her. And she went to church because it was her duty to. She had to. And she didn't think God cared about us here or was involved in our lives or really actively loved us. She grew up in church her whole life, never thought that God cared about her, knew that God gave his life, but so when we died, we could be with him then, but right here on earth, didn't really want to mess with us. He was a vengeful God. He was a he was a apathetic God at best. He was just, ah, do your own thing. What do I care? And the prosperity message brought her out of that and into the realization that God loves her and wants a passionate relationship with her right here and now. I am not here to attack the prosperity message. What I'm here to attack is the fact that we grab individual bits that we like Mm -hmm. and we ignore everything else, not realizing that the everything else we should love too. It's just as wonderful and just as perfect and we need to see how the whole comes together into something wonderful and perfect. God's love in eternity is the reward and it's awesome and it's wonderful. It's what I've been talking about for most of this podcast. It's going to be glorious and amazing and we're going to experience love like we don't understand here mm-hmm. but that being said that's the reward of a relationship with god but relationships do take work yeah and while we're here we have a golden opportunity a golden opportunity to use our free will to say god i choose you here now and i love you and i love you so much I'm going to turn away from the things that you hate. And we only have this opportunity here now while we have this free will. And I don't know about you, but if my partner came to me and said, I'm using my free will, I'm going to turn away from all the things that you hate and give myself to you because I love you so much and they chose to do it, how awesome would that make you feel? Yes. How awesome would that feeling of that relationship, that relationship would just blossom and be amazing and wonderful. That's what God's wanting. He he wants us to choose him, and it pleases him when we do. Yeah. Faith pleases God, and faith is, is just saying, 
God, I trust you. I trust you. When you said you love me, I trust you. When you said you cared about me, I trust you. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna believe you. You know, Scott, I I started this conversation thinking uh, this is what I love the candidness of it. Uh-huh. But I started it. We really don't have anything ready to. Well, we might have a topic idea in mind, but like I knew I was going to talk about my grandma. I felt like that was important, but uh-huh. I was like, this is probably going to be a short one. And, I, yeah. And this is turning into one of our longest ones yet. So I'm almost wondering if that's a good place to stop. God loves you. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wow, this just kept going in different directions and different <laughs> directions. And I, I do love that about the conversations too. I do want to say that periodically, uh, just my uh, sneaky, mischievous nature sometimes, I keep wanting to go just random at random points, like 10 minutes in, 20 minutes in, because we always end with, and I'm Scott, <laughs> and I'm Brad, and whatever. And so I, I want to say like, and as always, I'm, and, and, and see what Brad's reaction is. Like he's staring at me like, what the heck, you're ending it now? And just say like something. And as always, I'm ready to talk about our next topic and just just see if I can get him to, to go, what, what are you doing? Are you ending it now? All right. But um, so yeah, let's go ahead and end it there. Uh, another conversation just, hope i hope it ministers to you in some way uh just this is just just our honest hearts coming out on some of these topics and 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 as we've said before it's not about us mm -hmm. we talk about our own experiences we talk about things that are happening in our personal lives but the goal is that you if you forget my name great but yeah. if you remember something that I said that made you think about the spirit or Jesus or God or love or whatever, then awesome. Because it Absolutely. really is not about us. But we are we are kind of confined to our own experiences. So sometimes we will have to explain spiritual truths using the examples that are in our own lives. Absolutely. So, We've been given the word and our testimony. Yes. So, we, so yeah. That being said, it really is not about us. This is always about God. So if we say something that you feel like is not from God, not from the Spirit, throw it away. Right. But if we, but if we have said something that touches you, that ministers to your heart, uh, that you feel like is from the Spirit, then let it in there. Let it into your heart. And as always, this has been Scott. And this has been Brad. And as always, this is not about us.